Hello, Sold viewers. Today is April 16th. This is the Sold... Oh, today is the 17th. Oops. Uh, this is the Sold Stay at Home series where we check in with some of your favorite artists and let you know that they are still there working during quarantine, during lockdown, and doing what... Uh, uh, basically, what we hope they've been doing is creating more artwork. So we are here today with Findeck. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. How you doing? Very good. Uh, we spoke with you, I think, about two years ago at Moniker Art Fair. Yeah. And had a great time. And uh, it was one heck of a mural you threw up at the time. And uh, you know, how are you? What? What? Uh, how are you? How are you holding up? I'm good, actually. Um, I'm in California. I don't live here, obviously, um, but I had um, I had left London in September of last year uh, to go on a sabbatical, really, from um, the, the the life that I had. I, I'd kind of gotten very tired and um, kind of fed up with the the whole of traveling and painting, and then coming back to the studio and having to churn out so much work to um, placate my gallery, and just having no free time and no real um no time to experiment and try new things in terms of the studio work and so i told the gallery i was just taking six months off um and i left in september mid-september last year and actually one of the reasons i was i was leaving as well because when i'm at my studio in london i'm quite isolated um you know let's just say that i come back from a trip and i know that i have four or five weeks before i go off on another trip and so I'm thinking straight away, okay, I've got to get this much done before I leave again. And so I tend to just stay in the house. My apartment and my studio are all in one. So I stay in the house. I order my um, groceries in every week. And so I, I literally go outside the door like once a week, maybe, if not less than that. And so I kind of got tired of that isolation and um, I wanted to change it somehow. And I also wanted to get away from the studio so that I could you know, try new things on wars and not have to worry about deadlines for studio works. And ironically, I mean, I'm isolated here now, of course. <laughs> so the universe had another idea. But in actual fact, it, it's worked out well because, um, you know, with this um, crisis that's going on, there's no deadlines to anything that I'm doing. So in spite of the fact that I am still isolating myself, there's a valid reason for doing that. And also... I'm kind of free to create what the hell I want. I'm still painting the similar style of stuff that I've, I've been doing for a while now, but I'm not thinking about, okay, is this going to sell? Who's going to be interested in this? What am I going to do with it? Um, am I going to earn money from it? None of that stuff is important right now. So I'm just painting to my heart's content and just experimenting, trying new things. Um, going down slightly different avenues with the the um, the concepts of the work that I'm doing. So yeah, I, I can't complain. I think I'm in a much better position than most of the people I've spoken to in terms of their, um, their state of mind, their finances, their isolation, how they're isolating, et cetera, et cetera. And so far I've, I've avoided the, the virus as well. So it it sounds like you haven't really changed up your no your style or your your lifestyle much because no of that. not at all and you know I'm staying here at my friend's studio um, in uh, a town called San Clemente which is midway between LA and San Diego. Um, Brett's been a friend of mine for a long time. He helps me on the big murals that I paint, 
Um, he also does some print work for me. He has a print studio here as well. And he doesn't live here. He, he lives just down the road with his girl. And so the, the studio apartment is, um, it can house someone. He's not living here. So he just said he can stay here. Um, and we've both been joking about the fact that, you know, in the few months leading up to, um, to the shutdown, we, you know, we're isolated anyway. We see each other every day. I might go out in the morning to get a cup of coffee. For sure, I'll go out running or cycling. But in terms of meeting people and interacting with people, it's, you know, it's an artist's life to be isolated. As far as I'm concerned, anyway, that's, that's how I have always worked. And I think it's how I work best. I, I do think that from my point of view and a lot of other artists' point of view, you need that time alone to be able to get yourself in the zone, uh, however you want to word it. But yeah, it's same working day as always for me. Now we hear from a lot of artists that they're, you know, uh, using the time wisely, but getting their head down and either, you know, developing some new skills, honing some old things. What are you working on? Are you working on anything that you are uh, going to come out of isolation with that you didn't have going in? Well, this, the thing behind me is the thing I've just finished. I'm kind of, I'm making the, the girls that I paint much more um, of a like fairy tale kind of thing. Um, not 100% of course, but I'm kind of um, exaggerating um, certain elements and the thing behind me is based on the, the um, Marie Antoinette style. I have a lot of these pieces that I've designed on the computer ready to go. I've actually had one of them designed on the computer for two years, but I, I never got around to painting it. Um, mainly because I was going to move to Paris a couple of years ago. And I thought that the first thing I should paint in Paris should be this kind of Marie Antoinette style as a kind of a, you know, a, an in joke. And then I never made the move. And so I've been holding off painting that piece for a long, long time. Um, but I'll definitely get to it now because I think the next few pieces that I paint on wood anyway, will be this, um, Marie Antoinette styling with the hair and the, the clothes, etc., etc. But other than that, I mean, I've been drawing more on the iPad just to sketch things up and prepare things in a slightly different way. And I'm about to start work on these kind of redux images of older images that I've done before. Uh, again, not necessarily with the idea that I'm going to put them out there for sale, but just to experiment and um, see what I can, where it, where it leads me to, essentially. I was just handed a note. Uh, one of our contributors, Sarah, wants to know why you are uh, often compared to small dogs, and how did that start? That's obviously someone who knows me. Oh, I know who it is. It's, the, uh, it's Sarah from New York, right? The photographer? Yeah. That's handsome. Yes. Um, it's just my friends. <laughs> I have lots of weird and funny friends and they constantly just send me pictures of me like juxtaposed with a picture of a dog. I, I find it quite funny. So I always post them if they do send them through to me. I'm not sort of, uh, not vain enough to, you know, think that I shouldn't post those things, no matter how ugly or uh, weird the dog is. They're always funny to me. All press is good press, right? Yeah, I wouldn't quite say it like that, but yeah, sure. So what, what are you listening to in the studio while you work? Oh, God, I, I don't listen to anything in particular. I have my, um, 
my iPod or my, sorry, my iTunes on my phone and I just listen to random selection of everything and anything. I don't ever, I very rarely focus on one thing in particular because I don't particularly want the influence of that music or the, let's say, the energy of that music to come into the, the piece. I want to be relaxed. I want to listen to music that I know all the time. And to be honest, the majority of the stuff that I listen to now is, you know, stuff like the Shins and Laura Veers. So it's, it's all like um, kind of acoustic-y music anyway. But because it's on a random selection, there'll always be something like, you know, I want to be your dog or something like that, just thrown in for good measure. <clears throat> now, what, what food are you missing? What, what restaurant do you wish was open right now and you can go to? Sushi, Asian, all of those things. I mean, I'm a relatively good cook anyway, but I, I don't really cook very much. Um, I generally stick to salads and stuff like that, but for sure, missing Asian foods, even far or, um, you know, noodles, all that kind of stuff. Can't really make that shit at home, you know? <laughs> right. So stuff you don't cook. Got it. That makes sense. Now, how about, uh, is, is, is this an easier or, or a harder time to keep in track with either uh, past clients or people that you're working on commissions for and things like that? Or is that all done through, the, through your gallery in terms of contacts? And it is. I, I've, for the last four years, I have not done any commissions. I don't sell stuff privately. Um, I chose to work that way because I honestly don't, like dealing with the business side of things. So if I can avoid doing that, I will. And that's served me well for the last four or five years. So I see no reason not to continue it now. Um, even when people reach out to me directly, I just send them to the gallery because I don't, I've done it just recently actually with Brett, the guy I'm staying with here, you know, we, we done, um, a re-release of some very old images. Um, at the end of the decade kind of thing to kind of mark the end of the decade and to mark that this is the end of this particular type of work and I'll be moving into something else. And I put loads of these old images up for sale. They were prints on bamboo and because I was doing it myself, I had to deal with all the logistics of that myself as well. And it was an absolute pain in the ass, you know, like 30 odd um, prints to be sent to loads of different countries and, you know, logging the details, logging how they contacted me, whether they did it by email or by Instagram or Facebook message or whatever, making sure I had all their details for the international postage, making sure that they had paid. Just, oh, I hate it. You'd much rather deal with the, the creative end and, and let it let the rest sort it out, even if you're, uh, you're splitting a little bit. Exactly, yep. Now, do you think that that plays to your, your, your personality type? Are you, were you the same type of person 20 years ago? Well, I wasn't an artist 20 years ago, so let's start there. Um, I definitely became a different person when I became an artist, and I would, I would suggest that most of those changes were for the better. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we're all good at certain things. As, as an artist, you have to juggle a, a lot of different um, caps, as we say. And that business side of things and logical um, control of information, if you want to put it that way, I just, I don't enjoy it. And if I can, if I can avoid that and just stick to painting, then that's potentially a route that I'm always going to go down. Leave the, the business stuff to somebody else because, you know, galleries 
supposedly should be good at that kind of thing. It's so interesting to hear you committed to the gallery model um, in 2020 when, you know, the gallery model is essentially disappearing quicker than artists are, are, are really behind it, unfortunately. I know, but I think we, we touched on this the last time that I, I interviewed with you guys that, um, you know, I don't do things the same as other artists. I, I'm fortunate in so far as the, my career has led me down certain paths and one of those paths was to start uh, dealing with a contemporary gallery. And, you know, they don't have the same rules. They don't have the same the behavior modes that street art galleries have. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that I, I don't, I'm not part of the cool club and I don't have any interest in being part of the cool club. I want to be a financially viable artist and I don't see the point of fitting in with certain cliques or certain circles, if only just to get my, um, my work shown in a gallery that's highly unlikely to sell it and really is not going to give me any other benefit than the fact that I might think I'm part of the cool club now. Well, you're speaking very logically, but I, I think, um, uh, you know, not every artist can walk the same path you have. I, I think your work, uh, you know, stands out almost as almost as boldly on the street as it does on canvas. Not everybody's like that. I would disagree with that. Hmm. And the reason I would disagree with it is because I started painting 12 years ago. I had never painted before. I used to draw as a child, but I had no training. I had no mentors. I had no nothing really to, um, if you like, propel me into the position I'm in now. But I was, I had a determination to put myself in a position. Um, and, you know, you look at the work that I did 10, 12 years ago, and it's absolute rubbish. But it was good enough at the time to um, give me the encouragement I needed to um, keep going with it. And also, it was good enough to get me noticed. Um, I think you said it right there, good enough is... Um is the objective term that, you know, uh, good enough to you is not good enough to someone else, but it was good enough and there, there it went. And, you know, the, the thing about good enough is, is that what is good enough changes over time. So what was good enough for me 10 years ago was not good enough for me eight years ago. And what was good enough for me eight years ago wasn't good enough for me seven years ago. So there's a continual um, desire to improve the, the quality of the work. And honestly, as, as an artist, you, you should want to do that anyway, because one of the, the, the bugbears I have with um, the early stages of street art was that people just kept repeating the same thing over and over again. And for sure, people might um, accuse me of doing the same because I, keep, I do still paint um, portraits of women with the mask. But the fact of the matter is, is that they've changed um, immeasurably over the years and they've definitely improved over the years. And so there is an, evol uh, an evolution of the work. And I think everybody is capable of that. The difference is, is that a lot of people get bogged down with their um, self-worth or their, their, their self-criticism, and it stops them from evolving into the artist that they could and maybe should be. So do you have anyone that you bounce ideas off of? Nope. Right so now, I bounce ideas off Brett for sure, but it's not, it's not in a way to um, get an approval or anything like that. It's, it's just because we're both in the same environment at the same time, and so he'll talk to me about his work, and I'll give him my opinions, and, and vice versa. Um, I've never... There's a welder over there. You might be like, hey, what do you think of this? Yeah, exactly. But it's just because we're in close proximity to each other. There's nobody really that I would ever 
like, you know, in, in the design phase of the work, just, I would never show the designs to anybody and say, oh, hey, what do you think of that? I think I've maybe done that once or twice in my whole career and with, um, you know, close friends like Kevin Lido or, you know, another portrait artist, put it that way. Um, I don't know. I've always been fairly self-sufficient in terms of being an artist. And I think it's because I don't have any training. I don't have any mentors. Maybe in the early stages, that that was the reason I wasn't showing it to people was because I didn't want them to see how amateurish my approach no, was. No, I don't think it was. I don't know you very well, brother, but I don't think it was fear. I think it was ego that that, that stopped you from showing those things to other people. Uh, who knows? I, as in like, yeah, I didn't want to show them the, the, the stuff that was so bad. No, or, or that you were already confident that it was good and you didn't really need someone else's opinion. No, that's definitely not the case. <laughs> the, 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 I think the thing was, was that I didn't want their opinion because I didn't want their opinion of my work to um, diminish the, um, the encouragement that I was giving myself. Because, you know, sometimes when you show your work to people, you've, and I had this in digital advertising as well, the job I had before, you put your heart and soul into a project and then when you present it to the, the client, it's just all negative and it's an absolute killer. It just blows all the air out of you. And I didn't want to be in that position because I was kind of determined to make an artist of myself. And at that point, I, I wasn't an artist. I was just kind of trying my hand. It was a hobby. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want others, other people's negative opinion of my work to influence my own mindset. And, you know, one of the things about in my early days, I didn't really fit into the London scene, um, but I didn't care because I wasn't doing my work for my peers to give me a, a, you know, a pat on the back or to give me praise. I was pursuing an art career and other artists don't keep you um, financially viable as an artist. They may give you praise, you may be part of the, the in crowd, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to keep your head above the water financially, you know? Yep. Now, you, you said you started uh, 12 years ago. What, yep. what was the change in your life? Was there a catalyst at the time that said, fuck this day job, I'm out of here, I got I to gotta figure something else out? Yeah, there was kind of two catalysts within the, the space of four years. The first one was a, a breakup with a long-term partner and an inability to, um, to see my kids. Um, that, that was a real killer because I had spent 10 years in that relationship and I realized that for the majority of it, I hadn't been happy at all. But because it was my norm, I got used to that norm and I got used to being unhappy and I got used to being... Um, negative i didn't realize i was negative but when i came out of the relationship i realized there had been and i realized that i had done that for no real reason that i could tell like why i put myself through a relationship that i got nothing out of um and that even impacted the relationship with the children um but if you're not getting anything out of something why why stick with it and i couldn't understand why i had stuck with it and my, my instincts had been telling me not to stick with it for quite some time, like a number of years, and I hadn't listened to them. And so when I came out of that relationship, I started listening to my instincts and I started doing things for myself, things that I didn't necessarily knew would make me happy, but things that I thought would make me happy. And one of the things that I remembered from my youth when I used to draw a lot was that um, ability to just cut myself off from the world 
and not care about what was going on and you know being kind of like totally zoned into just that one thing and the world can be going crazy around you but you're still zoned in and that's all you care about and so I, I assumed that would be helpful to me in the direct um, aftermath of the breakup because, you know, the, the legal stuff took about a year, year and a half to sort of peter out into nothing. But essentially the, the fight was to see my children. Um, and I just started painting to get myself into that frame of mind where I could just forget about all the bullshit that I was dealing with. And then that was the first stage. And then four years later, I was, I was laid off of my, my job in digital advertising. And at that point, I, I was so into the painting, even if it was just a hobby, um, I honestly thought to myself, do I really want to get another job in digital advertising? I decided I didn't. And I knew that I had essentially a year in terms of money in the bank to um, pay my mortgage, pay my bills, etc. And so I thought, okay, well, if I have a year's worth of um, bills paid then let me see if i can make a living as an artist and at that point i hadn't painted the girls with the the mask that came a couple of months afterwards so for sure there were situations that um if you like directed me down this path but they also could have directed me down a, a much darker path they um i think it was my own mindset that kind of um made a positive out of negative if you like it, it doesn't sound like you ever uh, struggled creatively in terms of uh, once you decided to go out on your own, you had the 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 the, the work ethic uh, yeah. to to really put your head down and improve. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that was because of the fact that I knew I had one year. You know, if if I um, I had one year and I didn't want to approach it uh, in a slow way, I wanted to hit the ground running because if I thought to myself, okay, if I get to six months or eight months in and I still haven't figured out a way to make a living from being an artist, then I've got four months left and then I would be panicking. So I did as much work as I possibly could in the first few months. Like I said, the, the idea of the, the girls with the mask came two months in. And I think I kind of knew as soon as I did the girl, the first girl with the mask in the street, I, I knew I was onto something because the amount of attention I got for that piece in London, bearing in mind that up until that point, I never got, attention from anyone for anything that I did. Um, I think that kind of proved to me that I, I could do it. And so I've always just kept up that work ethic. And I've said this to numerous friends of mine who don't, um, they haven't got the breaks that they, they either wanted or thought they deserved. And when I look at how they work, I just say to them, but you don't put the hours in. You just, you really don't. You, you can't expect anything back if you don't work you know, like you're, you're as an artist you're meant to love what you do well if you love what you do then working long hours is not an issue you won't be distracted by going to the pub or going out you know socializing or whatever i mean brett who's here with me he's exactly the same he'll work here until seven o'clock in the evening and then he'll go home he'll have dinner and his his girl goes to bed early and so he just stays up sketching until midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And then he's back here again, first thing, working on something different. So he's got times of the day where he's working on certain things and then other times where he's doing like sketching on the iPad or whatever. I how, do you, how do you approach uh, the differences between uh, starting out a canvas and starting out a big wall? Honestly, it's the, the only difference, big wall, 
is that um, you have a lot more leeway to be as loose as you want to be. Because at, at that bigger scale, no one's really looking close up on the details, whereas with a canvas, people are going to get up close and personal with it. And so everything has to be, if not perfect, it has to be uh, perfect enough to, to satisfy my needs. With the wall, I mean, you, you can be slapping it on there because <laughs> no one cares. You're also further away from it, I guess, which is the same point you're making. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the walls as well, a lot of people will just see a photograph on the internet and that will be good enough for them. So they really don't get up and up close and personal with it. You know, there might be occasions where people go to shows or to art fairs and they see your canvas and the, the logical thing that most people do when they see canvases, they, they go up and they want to look and a lot of the time they want to touch them as well. You know, they want to really get into it. So yeah, the, the, the canvas work is much more of a perfectionist, um, approach than than the walls are although i guess you know a lot of people would look at the walls and say that they're also um they have perfectionist leanings as well now you said that when you started out as an artist you didn't have a mentor uh mm -hmm. do you think you'd be a good mentor today um lots of people tell me that for sure um brett <laughs> definitely tells me that um I think when, you know, a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram, I always answer messages on Instagram whenever they come through. Um, I might not be able to um, put the time into the answer that I want to, but I'll always try. Um, and I will always help out young artists to, um, you know, reach out asking questions or whatever. But I don't know, the responsibility of mentoring, I think, is not something that I would um, relish very much. You know what I mean? Because you'd work hard at it also. You wouldn't just wing yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. That's my nature. You're, you're, you're the type of person that's not going to do anything if you're even 1% 1, 1 wishy-washy about it. Nope, absolutely not. And that's actually nothing to do with being artistic either. I've always been that way. Um, in fact, I, I was speaking about this with my lady just last night, I think, uh, because I cut her hair because she's in, in lockdown. And... You know, she was so frightened of letting me cut her hair. And I said to her, but yeah, I wouldn't cut it if I didn't think I could do it. I can definitely do it. And so I did it and she was amazed. And then I, I cooked dinner afterwards and she was like, is there anything that you can't do? That's right. And yes, there is. There's plenty of things that I can't do, but they're not things that I will try to do either. If I want to do something, I want to do it properly. And I've been that way since I was a teenager. What did you paint before the ladies? And do you still paint that? I was painting the ladies before I, I started doing the ladies with the masks. In actual fact, I was, act I was painting some of the same models, but nobody was paying any attention to them. Um, it was only when I put the mask on them that suddenly that changed things. And there, there was a definitive um, thought process that took me down that road. You know, I, I wanted to make them, no they're nothing like they are now, of course. Back then they were much more graphic. They were... Um, monochromatic with one splash of color and the mask was not so well-defined and it kind of splashed out onto the wall. So it was a lot more graphic, a lot more visceral, I guess you'd say. Um, that was like the Brooklyn girl one that you did. Um, right? kind, of, yeah, kind of. Yeah. That would have been in a similar vein, but e even less color, much more monochromatic, just black and white. There was 
definite reasons for me doing that. And one of them was the cost because most of the time when you start to paint a wall, the wall is white. So I always use the background color um, as the base. And then I just added black spray paint and one color. And so my, my paint bill for a wall would be minuscule. And that was important back then because I wasn't earning money. Um, but it became a style um, and it got, a, it got noticed a lot, of course. And up until that point, I guess, you know, I was capable of painting a, a beautiful portrait, but there wasn't anything to it that kind of differentiated it from anybody else. And unfortunately, with all types of art and creativity, if you want to have um, a style that's recognized by people and is, is um, automatically associated with you, then you have to find that one thing that differentiates you from it. I mean, you know, I always call it branding because coming from an advertising background, that's basically what it is. It's your branding, your style. Any tips for other artists in lockdown? Yeah, honestly, I, I don't, <laughs> I think my tips would fall on dead ear, dead, deaf ears, sorry. Don't because, assume that. Because like for me and, and myself and Brett have had this conversation, if you can't be um, focused on what you're doing as a creative right now, then there's something wrong. If you're easily, um, if your attention is easily focused elsewhere at a time like this, then I, I, I don't know what to say to those people. Like you, you have as much time on your hands now as you could possibly want. For sure, there might be people who can't get to their studio and can't paint in the way that they would normally do. But, you know, you still have options to develop new things, try new experiments. Um, as long as you have a pencil and a paper or let's just say an iPad, then you, you can be doing something. I think the main thing that I've seen or heard or spoken to people about is the finances. For sure, there's not a lot of artists that have finances that are going to support them for any length of time with a lockdown and with the potential of not earning any new money for like two or three months. That's, that's something that nobody can do anything about, but I don't think that should stop you from being creative. It certainly didn't stop me when I, um, when I had that first year of trying to be an artist and I wasn't earning any money and I knew that, you know, I, I couldn't go out to, uh, restaurants or to, you know, eat out. I couldn't spend money on, not even expensive things, anything like I would, I would eat the, the, the kind of cheapest meal that I could possibly find. Um, I was living on very little money, but that spurred me on to, you know, earn more money or to try new things and to be more creative and to, to try to find a way to um, make sure that I was never going to be in that position again. You know what I mean? I do. Uh, so, so to sum that up for our viewers, it would be that this, this should be an ideal time for you to be creative and to focus on it. Yep, exactly. Um, now, what would you say, uh, you know, what do you think the world's going to be like once we crawl out of our holes? What's going to be the change? Is it going to be mentality? Is there going to be people knowing that handshaking anymore? What do you think? It's hard to say. Um, for sure, as a street artist who loves to travel, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, luckily, I had, I've had i just done six months on the road in, in various places and various countries. 
Um, so maybe I've, I've had enough to kind of fill my boots for now, but I don't see, I don't see how the traveling can, um, you know, because that, that kind of travel is never going to be seen as essential. Um, I don't see how that can take off again until 2021, no matter what happens now, because I do think that once we come out of this lockdown, there are still going to be more problems. Um, I think they've said that you can get the virus more than once, which makes it uh, a little disheartening. Um, but in terms of galleries, in terms of selling art, I think there's going to be a huge number of people will have to turn to other ways of earning money. No doubt about that. Um, I mean, I feel for those people. I don't, I don't see myself as being one of those people at all. Um, I do think that like the, the path that I'm on is the path that I've been meant, I've meant to be on for the last 10 or 12 years, whatever you want to say. Um, but it's, it's hard when I speak to other artists, friends of mine, and I know that they're struggling. And actually one of the things that I've, I've started doing, and I said this a few weeks ago in, in a, a zoom group chat was that, um, one of the guys in the, in the group was talking about, um, doing like a charity auction for whatever, whatever it might've been. And I, I said, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put anything into charity. I'm going to focus instead on trying to help out other creatives and other artists in the community because, you know, the one thing I dislike about the artist community is that we're always there to help other people. But actually, we very rarely help ourselves. Um, you know, when, when there's a crisis, when something goes wrong, it's always, oh, let's, let's ask the artist to put a bit of work into um, an auction or whatever. Well, you know what? Let somebody else do that. Ask the bankers for their, some of their money because they're never there for anybody. Um, and I just, I just think that now there's, there's a lot of creatives who are in need of support. So if I, can, if I can buy a piece of work from another artist that will get him through the next month, then I'll do that because I know I'm in a position to do it. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, who knows where this is going to lead us. Yeah, and I'm certainly not expecting you to tell the future. Just, uh, you know, uh, you've been around and, and with your international experience, you've seen more of the world than a lot of people have. Sure. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, uh, not necessarily paint the rosiest picture. It's not up to us to report the news or anything like that, but I, I definitely want to report on, on what our, our artists are thinking and feeling. So I, I really appreciate every, you taking the time. Every artist in this period of time should come out of it, I think, with some new form of creativity or some new angle to sell his work or promote himself or make his work better or change it. You know, you have the time to do that if you can avoid the, the stress and the, the mind fuck of what this can potentially do to you, then the world is your oyster, really. I agree. So, Findeck, thank you very much. Why don't you let our, our viewers know uh, the gallery name, where they can find your work, where they can find you online, and, and hopefully we can drive some eyeballs to you as well. Okay, well, the, my main gallery is Gallery Bar 2. They're based out of Paris, France, but they have locations all over the world, including New York and Miami and London. Um, I also uh, deal with a London gallery called JG Contemporary, who is a friend of mine. And um, West Contemporary as well. The odd, the odd piece goes to them on Instagram. It's FinDAC. Same with Twitter. Um, Facebook is FinBarDAC. By all means, hit me up.
but don't expect to be able to buy work because there's very little available ever. That's amazing. Good for you. Uh, happy to hear that you are hunkered down doing your thing and we look forward to catching up with you as soon as this is over. Cheers, man. Stay safe. Same for all the team. Take care. Bye-bye.